Awesome. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, happy Father's Day. I was talking to Bradford the other day in regards to the Brownsville Revival. How many aware of that move? And anybody ever go there? I went there. It was amazing. And it was actually very amazing. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, you know, it all started like other. There have actually been several revivals begin on Father's Day and uh, outpourings of God. And on that particular day, Father's Day, John Kilpatrick got up, greeted the people and said, Happy Father's Day and fell over and um, was not there. And uh, from there, uh, what's it, Stephen Hill stepped in and began doing the evangelistic meetings. And so they just had one after another, um, protracted meetings throughout the week. People came from all over. People had visions in other parts of the country about Brownsville, about the place, didn't know anything about it, but just left their homes and, and came and, and just got born again. It was an amazing harvest. And um, it was really a, a fountain of uh, revival, of repentance that came forth in our country. And, uh, but that happened on Father's Day. So you never know. So I told the Lord, yeah, I told the Lord, listen, I don't have to preach. Um, right? I mean, I don't have to preach. And so uh, if you want to just invade our space this morning and come on, why not? <clears throat> and because uh, uh, it's his church, really, it really is. And so, uh, yeah. So thinking of Father's Day, uh, I really appreciate everything you said and did. That was awesome. And um, that actually helps um, with what I'm going to do in many ways. And uh, um, that's good. So, um, but today on Father's Day, I'm going to talk about our Father, our Heavenly Father. <clears throat> and that's what I felt the Lord put in my heart. Uh, you can turn to First John, chapter four. <clears throat> Excuse me, beloved. You know you're his beloved. Wow, think about that. We're his beloved. I love taking that word and separating it. Beloved, and so to be loved by God is so important. To know that He loves you, and to receive His love his fullness, and then be able to give it away. And um, I love soaking. You know, I mean, I, years ago, we started a soaking um, center at Seattle Revival Center on a Tuesday night. And uh, we just met, moved all the chairs, not all of them, but most of the chairs away and, and dimmed the lights. And, that, and people came in with, um, sometimes with uh, a mat or a, <clears throat> a sleeping bag pillows, and they were invited just to be still and know that he is God. And there wasn't any preaching. Um, I, would get, I would facilitate by just bringing an encouraging word, short, really short, of how to receive from the heart of the Father, and, um, and then invite him to come. And then we would uh, have music that wasn't celebratory in the sense of jumping up and down or dancing, which is great. I love it. But it was more uh, contemplative. You know, it was more where you would just soak. 
And um, God came and touched people so many times in so many different ways. People were healed. Nobody laid hands on them. God just, boom, touched them, and they were healed of various things. And, and, um, but it was a time where we could go deeper into the heart of the Father. And because um, Jesus is the door, right? But the destination is the Father. And, and, um, and so, uh, matter of fact, several months ago, I was replacing my front door with a solid core door, nice cabiny type door. And I woke up that morning and my phone said, I am the door. You know, as the scripture came up, I, and uh, I didn't put that in there. I, I'm just telling you. And uh, so I said, well, Lord, this is appropriate. I'm putting a door on today and you're the door. And the Lord impressed me, don't go anywhere in the earth today without going through the door. You don't go anywhere without being in Jesus, you know, in the earth today, because that's how you have success. And that's how he brings the Father into your life. And uh, so he spoke to me about the door. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm putting a door in. He's the door. You know, this is probably important, right? So he showed me some things. I'm not preaching on that, sorry. But um, I'll just throw that out there. Um, and so he's the access point. He's the door. That le- and we go in, and we go in and out, and we find what? Pasture. We go in and out through the door, and we find pasture in and out. We're fed, you know. And um, we come into that place of resting in the heart of the Father. So 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, verse 7, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So I'm going to speak to you today about the Father's love today, because if I try to teach you anything else, Beyond or apart from that, if I try to teach about faith, faith is synonymous with trust. If I try to teach about holiness, if I try to teach about uh, anything really that's in here, which you need to know, okay? If I try to teach you how to be a good dad, be a good father, be a good mother, be a good son, if I, do, if I try to do all that without you having a deep revelation of the Father's love, I'm putting a burden on you that's too hard to bear. Because you'll get, get, if you don't know that, if you're not walking in that, if you're not experiencing His love, Father's love, if you've never experienced the Father's love in a profound way that changed your life, then you can easily be caught up in striving, performance, proving. You know, you can get, insecurity can come into your life. I mean, there's a host of things. And so the best thing I can tell you is always, Jesus loves you, <laughs> right? But, but to also bring into a, a, a deeper revelation of the heart of the Father, his love for you. It's so important. And uh, there was an old song years ago called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. <clears throat> oh, I got news for you. If you're looking for love, love's looking for you. Love is looking for you today. Okay, and uh, I mean, he is looking. 
and uh, the whole community of heaven, really. Now, when I say that, I mean the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, it's looking, looking, you know, to release love into your life. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 3. Let's take a look at this for a minute. Jesus is, is uh, about to be baptized in water. Water's not a natural element for us. You know, we're earth, earth folks, you know, terra firma. And uh, particularly if you go swimming, you're out of your natural element. I hope you know how to swim if you jump in a lake, right? But sometimes you just learn quickly. And so water is a very interesting um, prophetically in so many ways. We got the washing of the water of the word, right? We got the Holy Spirit, who's symbolic of water, oil, but water as well. And um, Jesus is coming down to be baptized to fulfill the requirement of the law. John the Baptist, people are coming to John the Baptist, Christ's cousin, to be baptized for the remission of sins, repentance. And Jesus comes down to be baptized as well, to fulfill the requirement of the law as a son, right? And, um, and so, you know, it was John who said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John is baptizing people and Jesus comes down to the water in Luke chapter three. And you have an account of this in Matthew, Mark, and John as well. But in Luke is the only one that uses one, adds one word that the other doesn't. I just want to look at this. So, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, I, you know, the other gospel don't bring that forth. So he's going down to be baptized and he's in the water. <laughs> and while he prayed, I don't know what he prayed exactly, except that he prayed. I, I am pretty positive that he was connecting in his heart with the Father. There was a cry in his heart to connect with the Father, to know the Father, to hear from the Father, to encounter his Father, because he left heaven. You know, he left the glories. He laid aside his royalty. He laid aside his deity, in a sense, okay? Still God and man, but he laid it all aside to come to earth to reveal the Father to us, right? And to go to the cross. And so he's there at the water, and... There's something very powerful about to happen. And so he prays. There's this, on the inside of him, there's this yearning to encounter once again the Father's love. Because he came forth from the bosom of the Father, right? That, that place of intimacy that he always had with him from the beginning and even then. And so at his baptism, he prayed. And then it says that the heavens were opened, almost like God just, whoosh, you know, in order to come for his boy, come to his son. The heavens opened, you know, and, and the host of heaven, the Father, the Holy Ghost is there. Wow. Heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. One commentator remarks that word pleased also means I like you. You know, he likes you. He loves you, but he also likes you. And that's really good to know, important to know, because 
You know, we don't always feel loved, and sometimes we're not sure people even like us, but Father likes you. That's really important, how much he likes you, how much he loves you. Because that empowers you, that strengthens you to do the things that God has called you to do. I was ministering to one man who found it difficult to share some things with leaders because he was concerned about what they would think about his decision. But I said, you know, the important thing is, what does a father think about you and this decision, right? Because you don't want to walk in the fear of man, right? And you want to do what God has put in your heart to do, even if everybody else walks away. And sometimes you'll find yourself in that place. I found myself in that place when I, there was a separation, you know, and the people that were close to me were here and I was here. And it wasn't because I did anything wrong, really. It was because I had to make a decision. I can't follow that path. I can't go down that road. I can't. You know, we're still, many of us friends, they're still sons and daughters, but the philosophy of ministry has shifted. How we walk out ministry and how we relate to others is shifted and changed because I, God was doing something in me and I had to, I had to stand, make that stand in integrity for the Lord. And it's not always easy to make a stand for God, but you, it's easier or it actually can only be possible when you are resting in the Father's love. Right? Okay. So the heavens are open. The Spirit descended upon him in bodily form. A voice came from, from heaven. You're my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And of course, if you're familiar with Jack Frost's teaching of any kind, he always says, he has said, and I've said it too, because, you know, I'll give somebody credit. I did it again just now. You know, I'll give you credit a couple of times, but after that, it's mine, okay? And, and, um, and, you know, when you receive revelation, you own it, you understand it, you release it. But Jack would say, and, and, I, and I love this, is that um, long before Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, did any ministry, he got to hear his father say, you're my beloved son. That kind of affirmation is, was important for Christ. How much more for you or me? To have the blessing of our father before we did anything for him, any ministry, so that we're secure in who we are in our identity, right? Intimacy precedes identity. It's important to know who you are as a son. It's important when, when, you, when you read the Bible, do you read it as a Christian? I don't. I read it as a son. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yes, I know he's talking about the Messiah, but guess what? He's upon me today. Hello. And he's upon you as well. So do you read it as a Christian or do you read it as a son or a daughter? When you pray, do you pray like a Christian or do you pray like a son? And a daughter. You know, you can tell who's praying like a Christian many times. And, and you know, we start somewhere, but eventually you have to go beyond, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Every time you come to God. I'm all for repentance, okay? But sometime, you know, 
Whoever is born of God does not habitually practice sin because the seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. So at some point, there's a separation of because you're dead to sin. So you're not habitually practicing sin. So you're not always saying every day, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right? Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, that's an important prayer. But at some point, you're coming to boldly to the throne of grace without the sense of inferiority or shame. Because you're a daughter. You're a son. And you know who you are. And you can boldly come and ask, praise the Lord. Well, that's a good place to get to, all right? But we're all in process, right? And we're all maturing and growing in grace. But that's who we are and where we're headed to be, sons and daughters of the Father. Hmm. Yeah. It's a picture. That's just such a picture of the movement of, of heaven, the Father seeking the Son. And he's seeking sons and daughters today. He's looking. He's wanting to be, have that kind of relationship with you, with me, every day. You know, biblical first love is God loved us first. First love, you know, we know the story and Revelation might even go there probably about you've left your first love. But biblical first love, Jesus made that comment. They left their first love. They were just caught up busy doing a bunch of different things, serving, you know, just they were faithful. They were doing everything right. I mean, why don't we just go there? I'm already there. So let's go to Revelation chapter 2. And it's titled, entitled actually in my Bible, The Loveless Church. So to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things I say, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor. These people are not lazy. They're not just sitting on a pew. They're involved. They're doing good things. Your patience, you cannot bear those who are evil. So there's a a sense of right over wrong. There's a sense of holiness, what's good and pure right? Not evil. They're patient. They're enduring. They're working. They're laboring for God. You've tested those who say they're apostles and they're not. You found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience, have labored for my name's sake, have not, and you've not become weary. Wow, that's quite a commendation, I think, honestly. Nevertheless, <laughs> This is a shocker. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Mm. You've left your first love. Staying in love with God. That's why I said earlier, God is love. This foundation of love is so important in our lives. Being filled with love, being filled with his love. Because it's quite possible to do a lot of good things, but not do it in love. And not do it from a place of intimacy with God. 
So, biblical first love is God loved you first. He loved you first. He commanded his love towards you and I. Now, while we had sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you so much, so much. For many, it's right here. It needs to be in here. It needs to grow in here. We need to be so aware and full and experience it as well. First love for you started before the foundation of time. Did you know that? Before the foundation of time, he loved you, called you. In John chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I'll by no means cast out. For I've come down from, the, from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but will raise him up in the last day. Jesus said in John six forty four, no one can come to me unless the Father who has sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Again, Jesus is the door, but the Father is the destination. He's come to reveal the Father. Hmm. At Jesus' baptism, the Holy Ghost descends like a dove, right? In power, but like a dove. Dove speaks of love to me. Dove speaks of love, the bond of love. You cannot separate power from the love of the Father. Power is good. Be filled with the Spirit. Be endued with power. But you can't separate, and you shouldn't separate, the importance of power and love. Power from love or love from power. I remember years ago hearing the story, Oral Roberts told actually, of he was ministering in one of his tent meetings, and um, people were getting healed. They had, you know, the, the crutches on the, on the wall. People got were crippled, were walking, and all kinds of wonderful miracles. And at the end, he was tired because when you're praying for hundreds of people, a lot of energy going out from you. You're in the anointing, but when the anointing or when you're done, you just, you just, you're spent many times and you just want to sit and relax. And, and um, so anyway, he, uh, he was finished and his armor bearers, ushers, came alongside him to move him on out, you know, to rest, to a place, to the green room. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Um, there was a lady who said, Brother Roberts, Brother Roberts. And, uh, you know, she just, like the woman with the issue of blood, she just wouldn't let him go. She's just pressing in, you know. And uh, she said, she said, please, please, you know. And uh, they said, well, you know, he's got to go and he's tired. And, and she said, no, I need this. And, and he goes, well, then be healed. And she was instantly healed. But, the father spoke to him and said, you don't get any credit for that, for obeying me in that. I did that in my sovereignty, but you don't get no fruit. There's no reward for you for that, for treating my daughter that way. Because faith works by love, you know. And when I heard that story, I thought, oh my goodness. You know, that really meant a lot to me. I'm going to try, God, help me, give me the grace. Be very careful not to treat your people like product or like whatever. 
but like people, like sons and daughters, and to take the time. To take the time. I remember doing that in Korea, taking the time, sitting down in a chair because I couldn't stand while the line is, keeps coming and coming till 11 o'clock at night. The Koreans with their, with their tape recorders wanting a word, so I prophesied for hours. I was just, you know. <laughs> and uh, finally, it was almost, it was a little after 11, and I said, I was done, you know. You know, it's hard to say you're done when people are looking at you like, you know, but I was done because I'd preached that day, a couple of messages. Actually, I was preached more than that. And, and then later that evening, I'm just praying and prophesying and laying hands on people where I couldn't stand any long. Just, I'll just sit down. You come to me, you know, and I'll give you the word, right? And, and, and Koreans are hungry people. I mean, they just, they were actually coming. And when they're done, they're getting back in the back of the line and coming back this way. <laughs> Glory hogs. And um, so... Finally, this gal comes up to me and she says, you look really tired. I says, I am. And she says, here. And she hands me two oranges. I said, here, you need to eat these. I said, okay, I will. I want to put them away. She says, no, right now. All right now, okay. So I peeled them and ate them. And it's just like this energy, this sugar, you know, from the orange. OJ, I guess the what it was, probably. Just like, oh, my goodness. And I felt really good. My eyes started twinkling. You know? and, um, and so I... Continued to prophesy, you know, but after a while, I said to the one person, you're the last one. God bless you. I'm leaving. <laughs> but I was really nice. I, I, I got to go, you know, because it's late and we're heading towards midnight and I'd just been on my feet all day and speaking and, and, um, and you know, of course, the Koreans don't just say, okay, see ya. They actually want to follow you to your hotel room, you know, <clears throat> And knock on the door. That happened to a friend of mine. They all came into his room and attacked him and, and hit the floor and they laid on him. And, and like in the, yeah, he says, men and women. He says, it was not a pretty sight, nor was it I feeling very comfortable, but they were so hungry for the anointing, they didn't, they want every part of me. And, um, and so it's culture's different in different places. Africa's one culture, Korea is a different culture. And, um, so anyway, you know, you can get tired, but, you, but at the same time, you know, always try to pe- treat people with dignity. Dignity. Even when you're bringing deliverance, you know, remember who they are and, and show them dignity. Amen? Romans 5.5. 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured forth in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the love of God is poured forth into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You cannot run on power alone and certainly not on adrenaline. I've known preachers who confessed to me they were running on adrenaline. And guess what happened? They got divorced. They lost their wife, almost lost their ministry, you know, but God restored them. Thank God. But now they're seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do things in the anointing and not the adrenaline. <laughs> okay? And so, anyway, you, you cannot run on power alone. Um, and we know that. You can only run long-term on love. You can only run long-term on love because love never fails. Love never fails. 
There's a, you, you all heard of a, a guy named Derek Prince? Oh, wow, it's calling It's good. Amazing preacher. Um, deliverance ministry preacher. You know, he, a teacher, fivefold teacher. You know, um, instrumental in thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ. You know, and um, uh, a well-known preacher of the 20th century. Anyway, 50 years of ministry. You know, and man of integrity, powerful ministry. He was born in India, lived there for five years prior to leaving. And um, I'm not sure what happened in India with him, but every day of his life, he dealt with a foreboding, brooding spirit, dark spirit. That was like a cap on his head. And um, he would get freedom from it, from singing and praying and, you know, worshiping, and it would lift. But it was always there. This dread that something terrible is going to happen. Nothing ever did, but he had this foreboding spirit. It's why, you know, folks, um, deliverance is so important for us, but also is inner healing. Because stuff can get in the soul, you know, that, that maybe from being born somewhere or whatever, and we don't always, we're not always the best judge to know what's dogging us. So we come, we get people together with us to help us, okay? Anyway, so that was kind of what was going on in his life. 50 years of ministry, very positive. Um, the one day Ruth and him, uh, he's 80 years old, okay? They're in their bed, and as their habit was, they're just meditating on the word and talking, and, and uh, all of a sudden that, that cap, this black arm with a cap, black cap, he, he felt it, saw it come down on his head. Because something he'd been battling since he was young and uh, since he left India. I mean, he, he battled that 50 years of ministry. Did you know that? And so um, anyway, so that's there, that's happening. But all of a sudden at the same time that that happens, he feels power in his feet. And as this thing starts to get, you know, like stronger, this gets stronger, and it's like this tension, and all of a sudden the power rises up, his ankles, his knees, his thighs, his waist, comes up and just blows that cap off. Just blows that cap right off. And um, he experienced an amazing deliverance. This, I wanted to make sure I got it right. This is what Derek said about it. The day that black skull cap, now remember, he's 80 years old. The day that black skull cap was pulled away, foreboding vanished, never to return. From that morning, it became completely natural for me to now address God as Father. This is a guy who taught about Father. Or my Father. I now have a personal relationship not just a theological position. I've been enjoying this new relationship for about two years when he wrote this. That's incredible. I mean, no, thank God he actually wrote that and let people know about it. That's powerful. That's amazing transparency because it not just blessed him, but it helps others. Ever since I was saved, I have believed that if I could continually faithfully serve the Lord, you know, Revelation chapter 2. Um, I'll go to heaven when I die. But I never really thought of heaven as my home. After that arm with the black skull cap was taken away, however, 
It had now become natural to view heaven as my home. Shortly afterwards, I said to Ruth, when I die, if you want to give me a tombstone, you can just write on it two words, gone home. Gone home. That is a powerful testimony of a man who was used of God mightily, saved, loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, but hadn't yet experienced a deep encounter with the Father heart of God. He was still an orphan in many respects. You know? And um, so that should admonish us in our own walk with God, you know? with Christ, that we center on line with the Father's love. We're on center with his love and not in the orphan side and not in the older brother side, but on center in his love in all, in all our ways, really. Isaiah eleven two says, a spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. It's in that rest that the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord come. It's in that place of rest that those gifts come and flow. You rest in the Father's love and the kingdom of God rises and flows out of that as you rest in the Father's love. So again, Derek's story illustrates it's one thing to know God as Father, but another thing to experience Him in a deep personal way. John the Apostle, who leaned on Jesus' breast, he wrote in 1 John 4, 16, we have known and believed, not just believed, but known, gnosko in the Greek, intimacy, an experience, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. In 1994, I was laying on the church floor, and the Father's love came upon me and honestly thought I was going home to heaven because I couldn't barely take the intensity of love. I thought I knew love. I really didn't. You know, I've had a different encounters with God prior to that, but this was different. This just like his fullness, his love just wanted to permeate every cell in my being, you know? And uh, it radically changed and took me to a whole new level in ministry and thought and relationship with Father, with God, and also with others, this relationship with others, with family, with my wife, with my kids. No longer was I just a dad who was a coach and told them what to do. No, but I became a dad who asked questions. You know, dads, this is a good way to relate to your kids, ask questions. Let them open up and talk to you. You know, a lot of times we're, well, we're the coach. You know, we're the drill sergeant. But we're called to be fathers are called to be fathers. It's very difficult to be a father if you don't know the father. It really is, yeah. Because you can get caught up, again, in performance and striving and in, in technique and all the things you know you need to do. But is it tempered? 
It's just saturated with the Father's love. Have you ever gone to your kids, dads, even moms, and said, was there ever a time that I ever said anything and it hurt you that I need to ask you to forgive me for? Dad, have you ever thought about that with your sons or daughters? Is there a time I ever said something and it was maybe harsh or uh, I said anything? I don't know. I don't presume, but is there anything I ever said that hurt you? I've done that with my kids. You know? That's a good question to ask. Instead of, you need to obey me. (laughs) Maybe they do at some point when they're younger, but you know, there is that release as they get older. They need to honor you always. But I'm just saying a lot of times our relationship is such a it's it's a one-way thing and not a two-way where we're asking questions and we're opening up our heart and we're being real to our kids. Being real to our kids and loving them. Hmm. Like I said, it's easy to believe in our minds that God loves us, but like Derek, we can live our entire lives never knowing the love in our hearts in a deeply personal way, his love. Don't wait till you go home to go home. Don't wait till you go home to go home. Home is that safe place, that place where you're resting, where you feel safe and secure. You know, I'm going home for Christmas. Lots of great memories at Christmas time. Let's go home for Christmas. Honey, yeah, let's go. You know, it's, it's that place where there's good memories. Even if there's been some difficult ones, the good overshadow the others because it's home. You know, and you want to go. Hmm. But don't wait to go home before you go home because you can go home right now, today, into the bosom of the Father. God is love. And feeling secure as sons and daughters in his family embrace is what everything in creation is all about. The kingdom of heaven is all about love, joy, peace, being free from fear, insecurity, anxiety. Is it not? Right? Perfect love is what characterizes heaven. And his perfect love is available to you each day. No fear, no anxiety, No bewilderment, discouragement, feelings of resentment. None of that is in heaven. And guess what? We're to pray on earth as it is in heaven. That's the heart of God for us. For us. Oh, heaven's going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Mm. Let love, Father's love, find you again today. Hmm. Let it find you again today. Well, could I have, um, I think the keyboardist, whoever plays the keyboard, come on up. Musician. Jared, do you play the keyboard? No, I think. <laughs> awesome, I didn't know that about you. I may have to, you, may, you, you might just be hired. And so, um, You know, quickly, going back to John, you know, leaning on Jesus' breast, remember the betrayal? 
he's about to be betrayed. And he says, one of you is going to betray me, right? And the disciples are looking at one another, who, right? And Peter says, points to John, ask him. Well, John had been leaning on his breast. And so the Peter, you know, says, come here. He, he kind of gets away from, and he, yeah, he says, ask him who it is. And John leaned back on his breast of Jesus and looks up at him and says, who is it? Can you imagine that? The confidence, the love, the security he felt to lean back on his breast, knowing it wasn't him, and say, who is it, Lord? On his breast. That's such an awesome typology. In the Old Testament, there was a wave offering where they took the breast and they would wave it and the oil and the, would come off of it. And, and then they would offer it, but the priest got to keep the breast and eat it. And that was the commandment of the Lord. Don't burn it completely. No, you offer it to me, but then I want you to take it. I want you to eat it. Because in this, you're going to find strength. Our strength is found in resting in the bosom of the Father as we are resting in Christ. Does that make sense? With our heads on Him. Even in the midst of tension, a time where He's going to be betrayed. People are not knowing. There's accusations, but they're resting. He's resting, John. The disciple that Jesus loved, resting in the bosom of the Father. Would you stand up with me this morning? Jesus came from the bosom of the Father, and he wants you to rest in the Father's love as well today, this morning. Mm. So just, I want you to get into a posture of just receiving this morning. Put your hands out if you like. We're just going to invite Father to come and embrace you and just give you a kiss from heaven. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. He loves you. He's always loved you. He's not ashamed of you. You may have embarrassed yourself, but he's not embarrassed at all about you. He loves you. And he's, he desires this moment right now with you, this moment that you've made to come to him. And like we were singing earlier, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Daddy God, Daddy God. Heavenly Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, would you come like a dove and descend upon us with the very love of God right now right now right now receive receive his love let his love just come and fill you up this morning just turn your heart towards home towards him this morning put your focus on for God so so loved you that he gave his son so loved you it's such a powerful word 
Father, we receive your love this morning. And Holy Spirit, we know that God's love is poured forth into our hearts by you. So come and fill us up. Fill us up afresh anew. Say, Holy Spirit, come, fill me up once again with the love of God, with the love of the Father, the love that never ends, the love that never fails. Yeah, we receive your love, Papa. We wait on you, we rest on you. We love you, we love you, we love you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. We love you, Daddy God. We love you, Daddy God. We love you, Daddy God. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. You're our Father. We're your sons and daughters. You're our Daddy God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Papa, refresh. Renew. Restore. Reveal this morning. You're never-ending love, your unconditional love, Papa. Let it go deep. Let it go deep. Let it go deeper into each of us today. And Father, help us. Give us the grace each day to take some time. Father, your word says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. The Lord spoke that to me one morning just several days ago and he highlighted the word still and so I did a word study on it. Do you know what it means? It points towards the evening time. The word still points in a direction which is towards the evening time. So as you receive from him today, I want you to think about this evening before you retire, perhaps when you're just lying on your beds that you once again open your heart you be still and you experience God, the Father, in a fresh new way. You can do it every day. You can go home before you go home. Yeah, thank you, Papa. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Um, if there's, if you need prayer for anything, if you're in need of healing, then I'm going to invite the ministry team to come on up and the elders to come and be a part of this ministry for you today. If you would like prayer, someone to agree with you, lay hands on you, anoint you, then we're here for you. All right. God bless you as you go. And happy Father's Day, dads. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>